Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Coaches Road Podcast. This week, we welcome on Peter Bolin, a coach mentor from Sweden, now working in Romania. And Rick, um, Peter is a, a good example of what we strive to be on this show. I think we we talk to a lot of coaches from a lot of different cultures, and, and we want those cultures to, to kind of influence how we coach and take good things from each of them. And then you have someone like Peter who has worked in all of those different cultures. He's worked in several different cultures around the world, Iceland, Canada, Sweden, Romania. Um, so it's, it's interesting to hear how those have influenced his coaching and how it kind of all comes down to this, this idea of coaching the individual, whether, you know, you have your traditional way of doing things in your culture, you know, there's still things that kind of transcend that, that you need to do to be uh, successful in sport. So I think it was a, a really interesting conversation with Peter today. Uh, so thanks to him to taking the time. Yes, I feel totally the same way about Peter and about the conversation with him. I mean, it's just very interesting to have the opportunity to speak someone who had the opportunity to coach in so many different cultures. And we also speak a little bit about his time in Iceland. I think that's that's a very that's a very interesting opportunity to coach because if you think about overall any nation where hockey is small. And if you, have the, if you have the opportunity to go there to coach, that's something very unique because um, not, not a lot of people have the opportunity to really start things from the button now um, on, on, last, on our last Coaches Road episode. We talked to Mike Harder and he, had all, he has also the same opportunity to start a club from the button. And also what I enjoy so much about the conversation with Peter is that I have the feeling that he is a very reflective person. And I think that helps a lot in his work as a coach mentor, because um, as a coach mentor, you're responsible all the time to reflect with the other coaches. And of course, you also need to reflect about your own actions. And it just shows in our conversation how much experience he has as a mentor and how mindful he is about his approach. And um, yeah, um, we definitely enjoyed the episode a lot with Peter today. Um, and we hope that everyone will enjoy it as much as we did. Now we'd like to welcome on Peter Bolin from Sweden and a coach mentor from Romania. Peter, thanks for joining us today. How's everything going up in Sweden? Oh, right now I'm in a I'm in a wintry spot, so I'm I'm happy right now. I got still got some winter days left, but I'm I'm on a little bit of a break right now from my job in Romania. But I'll I'll be back there in a couple of couple of days. Yeah, it's good that you can get a break from your work in Romania and that you can spend some time home in Sweden. Uh, obviously, the weather is uh, beautiful there uh, here in Finland. It's also very lovely. Sun is shining. Snow is there. You can still go to ski. So everything is. Is pretty good up here and I think in Sweden depending on the area it can be pretty similar as well and um, before we move into our conversation could you please introduce yourself to our listeners so what's your background what kind of sports did you pursue as a youth and what are you doing currently? Yes uh, sure I, um, I come from a small hockey town in the middle of Sweden and um, grew up there and of course played hockey and other sports when I was young. And, and uh, eventually I got to taste a little bit of the, the elite senior team, but not that much. I didn't really make it. 
uh, I was also, uh, I almost made the junior worlds once, but got cut. So I was almost there, but not all the way. Um, but, but I still like sports and I love sports. And I, I, I decided to find a way to get some education and, and uh, within this area. And uh, um, I have a degree in, in teaching towards uh, leisure and uh, activity, um, which has been good. And I also been wor- I've also worked with kids after my playing career. I, I um, I worked with kids, a lot of troubles, couldn't stay at home. Um, so, so I have some experience uh, with working with people in different areas, which has been really good for me when I uh, came back to hockey and I was working with kids and working with uh, teenagers and, and uh, adults in, in a team sport. So uh, that has been good for me, that background. Um, I'm almost 60 years old now, so I have and I've been doing this hockey in different ways uh, almost 20 years as a full-time job. Um, so I've had some time before that to do different things, other things. But um, coming back to hockey and it's now I'm stuck. I don't know if I'm going to do anything else, but I still love it though. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, when we, we talked previously, I think one of the, the things that stands out to me about your career is just kind of the, the, the various places you've been and you've kind of been all over the, the world coaching in different programs and working with different kinds of athletes. So can you just share some of the biggest takeaways that you've had working in the various kind of coaching cultures um, that you've had throughout, the, throughout your pretty much whole career? Yeah, if, if I look to, to coaching, I, th- I think that uh, starting out with kids, um, I have a son, he, he started playing and then I, of course, jumped in to help out and, and became the coach for uh, from skating school up to then we're 13, 14 years of age. And, and that team was uh, just the neighborhood guys. And, and uh, it was a good start, though, because what you teach kids and how you how you do that is is something that I brought with me uh, throughout my my coaching career or whatever I've done. Uh, well, in anyway, then then uh, opportunity came to me that I was uh, uh, asked to go to Iceland uh, to coach ice hockey full time um, for a club and national team. And, and of course, Iceland is on the lower level of uh, the world ranking, but um, it's still basic teaching hockey for kids is, is the same. Uh, so, so that was a really good experience too. Um, and then coming back to Sweden again after two years, I, I started to work with the high school program in, in, in Malmö, south of Sweden and Malmö Redhawks. Um, for with the youth department and uh, high school hockey program, um, so so I got into hockey more and more after the the Iceland trip, um, and then uh, I also got involved with the Swedish women's national team um, as an assistant coach. So I was there for that with them for six years, 
um, which was really, really good experience and, and uh, also some success. But, but most of all, it was uh, a learning and a good experience um, and which I've taken with me uh, to work with girls and women. It's, it's, a, it's a good experience to have. So um, in that sense, yes, I've been, been in, in different places. Uh, in different teams. Uh, I, I kept working though with the youth department and, and the hockey high school program. Also, also coached uh, U18 elite team uh, before I moved one year coaching assistant coach for second league in Sweden, um, which is a pretty good league. It's a good uh, level of hockey. Um, and then moving back to my hometown, working with youth hockey again uh, for three, four years, and, and uh, also being over and working in Canada with the, at a high school academy. So, um, and then back in Sweden again, and now in Romania. So it's yeah, it's been um, it's been a journey, and it's been a fun one, and it's uh, a lot of good experiences. I mean, you you must know that, uh, Rick. You're in Finland, right? It's it's a good experience. Yeah. yeah, it's a very it's a very good experience. I mean, growing up in Germany and it's like um, a very different culture. And I think that's everywhere. I think it doesn't matter from where you are. If you go to a different country, the culture is going to be totally different, and you you need to learn to adjust. But I mean, just just the overall Scandinavian uh, culture and the behavior the people display is very polite, very gentle, very open, very friendly and very supportive overall. So and also like overall how nature driven this country is. Uh, it's insane to me, even though I'm I'm from a place where nature, where it's a lot of nature, but still this is even 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 bigger because it's in the entire country. That's why it's called uh, uh, the country of the thousand lakes, if I could remember correctly that um, because we have so much water here in Finland and it's just very interesting for me because um, you in your in the in the coaching places you had the opportunity to coach. You mentioned that you were coaching in Iceland, and I think um, this must be something totally different. And overall, I mean, like already now I'm living in Scandinavia, and Derek is studying here as well. And Viro Meki, we're both living in Finland, and I can imagine that uh, that there are some strongly similarities between the cultures in Finland, Sweden and other Scandinavian countries. But what, what about Iceland? I mean, it's a very, very unique country. Uh, good, good, the sister of a good friend of my family is, is living in Iceland and they love the place. They don't want to move anywhere uh, else anymore. What's, what, what do you think about Iceland, about the culture and also then connecting this with your job? Uh, I, I, uh... I think Icelanders are very proud and they're very, they have a big knowledge about their, um, where they come from and, and their history and, and they're, and, and really nice, helpful people. I, I really enjoyed my time there. Um, and then again, it's like almost the same as when I work with hockey now in, in Romania the pool of players and the, the, the amount of young kids that come into a sport is not that big. So, so um, in Iceland, there were three clubs. 
and um, of course the pool of players is not that big and and uh, how do you develop a sport it's not only to win the games or to win it's about how do you get more kids into the sport if you want to develop it you need more kids into the game. and that's the same in in uh, romania too it's the same in any country but but especially these countries who wants to climb on the ladder they want to compete with the country next door and they want to be better and and then sometimes you forget that it takes time it takes so it takes long time to develop a country in sports because you have to bring in a larger pool of players um, so if you bring them in when they're six seven years old of course it takes time to to but the, then to if you talk about culture uh, I, i've also experienced sometimes that some countries are some some people in some countries say that oh you know this is our mentality we can't do this and, and that is something uh since i came come from sweden i have been through the the all all the stages of hockey and and i kind of understand that there are different cultures and, and different ways of doing it but you have to turn that back to uh yeah but what do we have to do in hockey no matter what country we're in if we're in finland or sweden or or in romania or iceland what do we have to do to become a good hockey player um and and that what you have you have to teach to turn back to that it's not about the culture it's not about it's about what is the culture we need to get for to become good in this sport so that's a, that's a challenge when you get to other countries because um, and I don't, i don't mean that i don't mean that we have to do it the swedish way but some things are uh worldwide in finland sweden canada us or whatever you go to play hockey you have to have certain things um so so those are to find those things that that's the, that's the key wherever you go yeah so now you're working in in romania as kind of a, a coach mentor there and you you just mentioned it's kind of a similar process as as iceland so how how are you kind of helping um or what are, what are you trying to do in, in Romania to kind of build that um, kind of base of kids and get more players involved and everything like that? And, and can you dive into a little bit about what, what are those pieces of kind of hockey culture that a country needs in order to, to grow the game and be a world yeah. kind of leader? In it? Yeah. So, so I, I usually, when I work in, I work for an academy, which is kind of an umbrella organization for, seven different clubs in in uh, Transylvania a part of Romania which has been uh, a part of Hungary before right where i'm at, everybody speaks hungarian so it's part of romania but they feel more like hungarians uh, and anyway it's it's some kind of hockey tradition you know back in 1980 romania was a part of the olympic um, tournament um, they didn't win I don't think any games, but they were they qualified for the for the, and that's the I think the biggest thing they ever have had in Romania. Um, but I would say that um, anyway, well, I was I was going to say that that uh, I'm working for an academy, also working for one of the clubs as a. a I'm coaching one T group and I also as work as a mentor for that club. 
And the, the, the thing I usually do when I go to a club, I, I ask around, I ask the people in the club, I ask the board members, I ask the teach coaches, I ask the players, I ask parents, what is it that we are here for? And I want the, the buy-in from all participants, like the, especially kids and parents, because they are, they are the ones who are staying in the sports or quit not staying in the sport. So I want to ask everybody, what, what is it you want from this club when it comes to hockey? What is important for you as a player or as a coach or as a parent? Um, and usually you, you get a lot of good answers. And if you make that into a plan, you, you have the, uh, you, you make a, a mission vision statement that is formed based on the ideas from the parents, coaches, players, then you can get the buy-in on what we're doing. Um, and I usually do that and it takes some time, but, but um, and that's, then you have a tool because you have the vision and mission statement. And you have, um, maybe you set some goals for this season. Maybe you have long-term goals. But uh, you can, you, I usually also write kind of a handbook. And okay, then how do we get to these goals? Then, then uh, we together, or me mostly, but also together with the coaches, usually write down what are we supposed to do to teach kids how to play hockey. Um, and I have a little bit of veto, but still, all the inputs are good. But you have to come back to the, the vision and mission statement. That are we? Is this the direction? If we talk about long-term development of athletes, then uh, if we at the same time say that we need to win this game at the U12 level, it's important. Then we are in a conflict, kind of. It's, it's, uh, that is not really how important can it be to win a game in U12 if you look at the long term goals to develop hockey players or athletes. Um, so that's usually one thing that the winning from parents and coaches are the, uh, the idea that winning is so important. Um, and we have to turn it to development. How do we teach? How do we develop? How do we give feedback? Uh, and all these things instead. Uh, and the games becomes just more an another opportunity to, to give feedback and teach kids how to do. Um, but that's um, to write this handbook or, or uh, a kind of a book that says this is what we do in, in our club. And you get the buy-in from the coaches, you get the buy-in, and it takes time, of course, but if you can get that, you get the buy-in from most of the parents, then you have something to hold on to and to build on and, and to, to work with. Uh, if you bring in new coaches, okay, read this first. This is what we have decided to work on and um, see if you can, you can, if you can do this. And then, then uh, let me know if you can work in this club or not. Because then you have something to show and you have something to um, also something to give feedback to the coaches about. Are you following this plan that we actually decided? So, so I think feedback there is really important, but you have to have something to give feedback on.
Yeah, I think also what it provides for the for the entire club and for everyone in the club to the for the coaches you just mentioned it provides like some kind of guideline. So everyone yes. has the opportunity like to really go back to what are we actually going want to do, want to achieve, how do we are going to achieve it, what's the plan behind it. And then also at the same time, as you mentioned, when new coaches jump into the program, um, then actually we can introduce them to the um to actually to the club guidelines to the mm -hmm. what you just mentioned to the mission vision statements um and at the same time even even it doesn't matter what kind of coaches if it's professional coaches parent coaches any volunteer coaches i think it's 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 a guideline that helps everyone um helps everyone to go towards the direction at the same time it's also it forces you to cooperate with everyone and it yes. forces you to uh, stay on track more or less and if someone is not on track then you can have a conversation and ask about like uh, why did it happen how did it happen what what do we need to do differently like exactly. basically then reflecting on on the happenings overall and then also you mentioned um something <laughs> something that comes up unfortunately still sometimes that some it's still are happening that um Some coaches, they actually in U12 level that they coach maybe for the wins. Um, it's it's possible. Well, I we we don't do it here, but uh, it's maybe possible that some coaches still doing it. And and we talked in our we had a pre-interview and we talked about something very interesting. There we talked about like actually about um, overall behaviors. And um, we wanted to ask you though actually we wanted to ask you how do we actually Get coaches to change their behaviors and their mindset, basically. Yeah, yeah. So, so one thing is certain that we we cannot coach kids today or teach kids today in the way that uh, my coaches did when I grew up, or or uh, and even I, I would say that there is a different way of. Uh, um, teaching today uh, teaching in eastern europe 20 years ago is also very different from teaching today so so and i, I it's it's somehow it needs to be an education and it needs to be um, uh, step by step because you you the only tool tool you have to work with or or the biggest tool as a coach is yourself And you have all the, the knowledge, all the um, experiences with you that you later on you use when you work as with, with kids or with your team or with your players. So first of all, I think you have to be aware that what is, um, what is okay today, but I mean, you, you just can't say anything to that. Say, say whatever comes up first in your head because you want to say it because I still see coaches do that and, and um, but the guidelines then comes back to what are we supposed to do and the guidelines that the, that you together with the coaches say I mean even if you have a coach that have sometimes maybe bad behaviors he knows what is what he's supposed to do just like the parent in the stands that is screaming like a maniac when his kid his kid has the puck because he wants him to do good but the behavior from the parents maybe it shouldn't be different 
but but that goes sometimes for coaches too and and to um, and sometimes it, it, it you can change coaches but sometimes you cannot and and uh, it is a uh, if you i know that if you have been if you grown up in eastern europe uh, 20 years with like 20 years ago 40 30 years ago and and now you're coaching kids today you, you have to do differently from what you are taught so so that's uh, and some some can change some cannot and and eventually to make hockey a popular sport for for more kids which we have to do uh, then we have to have coaches who understands this um, because if you're not happy after practice if you don't think it was fun if you didn't learn anything um, if the parents are not satisfied what what you do then you're going to lose players so so that's why that the guidelines are also for coaches is not, not only about what drills we have and what to do but the how are, am I supposed to be as a coach? And this is a tool then to, to give feedback on to the coaches, of course. The behavior of them, that their behavior. So, so I think that the, the guidebook or the, the guidelines for what are we doing in this club, it's really important because then you have something to hold on to, you have something to talk to the coaches about, you have to something, you have something to talk with parents about. Uh, and always coming back to, well, this is what we do. Or maybe we can, at the end of the year, if you have good ideas, let me let come with them. And, and maybe we can change something. But right now, this is what we're doing. Because this is what we have decided. And, and um, I mean, this guidebook should not be uh, fixed forever. It has to be changeable. Um, but still, it's something to hold on to and something for me as a mentor to, to, to give feedback to the coaches about. So when you, when you first started in, um, in Romania and in that other, other location, have you, has there been one thing you mentioned there, like, um, you know, we can't coach kids the same way that we were coached 20 to 30 years ago. So was there one thing um, that you wanted to, to kind of change right away? Is there a couple things that you focused on right away or did it all come from that kind of guidebook and that mission statement um, that you created with the coaches? No, I, if, I, if, you look at, if you look at the term long-term development of athletes, it's, it's so much more than just hockey and how we teach hockey. It's, and, and, and then I usually, I come into behaviors, behaviors, among coaches, behaviors among players. And, and I think that's when, when I see coaches, uh, they, we're so focused on teaching skills. We're teaching individual tactics. We're teaching uh, team tactics. Um, and, and, but I would like to focus more on behaviors like, what, what can we teach that becomes a good habit? Off ice, on ice. Because those, will, those habits, those are the things that you will have with you even after you quit playing hockey. So, so that how many goods, what kind of good habits do we need to have? And this is regardless of where you 
from Romania or Iceland or Sweden, it's like you have to have some good behaviors. And, and uh, to be in a group, for instance, you, you can't be mean to other kids or other players in your team. You have to be fairly nice. Otherwise, it's going to be problems. Um, so, so this is kind of a basic. Um, how do you communicate with your teammates? Are you, is it screaming loud or is, are you angry with each other? Or how's the, how's the environment for co communication in this team? Uh, that that's a basic. And then, of course, how are you communicating as a coach? That's number one. And I, I see clear that the coach, if the coach is screaming and getting angry, of course, the kids are also screaming and getting angry with, with, with uh, each other. So, so to set those guidelines for coaches, then... Um, I think also to have the coaches, I ask all the coaches to make, make guidelines for what you and the team that you're coaching. What do you think, or the, what is the team? If you ask the team, how do you, if you take like the social part of, of being in a group, if you ask players, no matter how young they are, they know how they should be towards each other in a group. So ask the players, you will get good answers. If you ask parents, they will come up with good answers. Because no one will say, we're going to hit each other. We're going to, we're going to fight every day. That, that's not. But you can easily make team rules that uh, can apply for the social welfare of everybody in the group. You can also set pretty easily standards for what are we going to do in practice. If you look at behaviors. Like if you ask a question like to, to any kid, are we going to try the best we can and work hard? They will say, of course we are. So that's a good basic behavior to work hard. You try your best every time. And that's of course different for different players, but, but um, and then you can build on that because you have in games, what are the, uh, are we, is back checking a good behavior that we want to see in every game. Okay, let's back check. That's what we're going to do. And then you have something to give feedback on, both on the social parts and the, the practice parts and team uh, or game, game parts. So, and behaviors are, are usually better to give feedback on. Uh, I don't know what your experience is. Uh, what, what, if you had coaches, what, what are they usually giving you feedback on? Well, for me, it's, it's very interesting because I had, I had coaches that have not emphasized some basic behaviors. Well, they, they did emphasize them, but then it was more like yelling from the bench. That was the way of emphasizing that behavior. And, but then I had also a coach who was emphasizing these basic behaviors a lot and for me it's very interesting to, to me because I think I've been on teams where certain behaviors and rules have not been emphasized so much and that's very interesting to see that what actually happens to the group dynamic mm -hmm. to the team dynamic how every how far everyone is driving away from each other because then there are no values emphasized and I I think once I well, one team I've been on one team was very autonomy supportive. Um, you really could feel how cohesive everyone was, 
and that that translates yeah. also totally to the game even though you're not maybe the most skilled group or the most um developed group but you can make so many things away if you have proper cohesion and if these basic behaviors getting emphasized constantly but on the other side if it doesn't happen if we coach the results for example and not the behaviors then it can get pretty tough because i was i was in an environment that well there was there was actually it was a really good season but the next so more or less the more the results were coached but the season was pretty good we had a good team but the next season few players left that the same coach stayed the same coaching style but we were we did not succeed so and that had a huge effect on the group also on the self confidence on the behaviors towards each other and also about like the overall being and overall behaving towards each other and driving these values and that's that's why I just wanted to ask you also that from your experience that what happens first of all if we don't emphasize them and how do we develop basic behaviors in young players yeah i, I think um, yeah first of all you have to somehow give feedback on the behaviors and and it's the, the the very common thing is you have different skill levels in a group of course some players are really skilled or really strong early they have grown they have like matured quicker and and a lot of times coaches when or uh, well the one who gets most feedback most positive feedbacks is of course the guy who can go through the whole do do like a from coast to coast and score a beautiful goal who has the skills to do that when they're young he gets all the credit but maybe he's not the, maybe he should have passed the puck two times before he scored but he didn't um, because you will end up with four four players that are just standing looking and what are we doing here so that uh, behavior of going solo is nice it's a, but he's using his skills to be able to do that and we usually pat him on the back and say nice goal great but what was good what and we we kind of uh, celebrate his already good skills not the behaviors so and and uh, i've seen so many times that these guys also become the they they don't have to learn the good behaviors because they can score they can they can take the puck and go they don't have to pass the puck. If that's a good behavior we're looking for, that, then um, they don't have to do it because they can score anyway. And, and um, then we give them good feedback on the, the skill they already had. And, and which I think we have to stop uh, bad behaviors. We, I think we have to promote good behaviors by making clear what is the good behavior we want to see. Uh, if passing the puck to your next uh, teammate, if that a good behavior, then we should, of course, as soon as anyone tries to do it, we should say that that's a good behavior. Good. Good. You'd really try to pass, even if it doesn't succeed. It, if someone tries to do the right thing, give positive feedback. Because then you, you can, um, if someone gets a positive feedback on something, on a behavior, he's going to try to do it again. 
um, that's for sure. So, so, and also, uh, let's say you have kids that are blaming each other for if you, if the other team scores a goal. So that's something to work on and, and, uh, and to stop those, because that's something you don't want. I mean, everybody is going to make mistakes. Uh, all players make mistakes, but how do you um, accept that as a player? And, and to teach that is, of course, to, to, as an adult, stop the bad behavior, stop the blaming, um, calling each other names, um, and promote the good behaviors. Um, but you have to have a set of rules that, or a set of behaviors that you want to talk about. Um, just like in, in a drill where a passing shooting drill, maybe you focus on the passing and then you give feedback on the passing. Um, if you have uh, just skating drill and how you skate, then give feedback on the positive behaviors in good skating if they do it. Um, so, so I think that's very, very important to recognize. First of all, what do we want from this exercise from this team for us in the in the on a practice or in games or what kind of behaviors are we looking for and talk about them and highlight them on the wall like this the team if you make them together with the team they you, they're going to buy in on them and then you can give feedback on them um i i have an example that i've used a lot of times i have a son and a daughter and they're like two years apart but then they're grown-ups now but when they grew up they had different of course different teachers because they were in different grades and it was so obvious that they, the teachers worked in different ways my daughter had a teacher that um, he, he made a few basic rules together with the with the class the, the group that he and as soon as someone broke those rules he had a class meeting and he tried to work and how how are we gonna because we have decided these rules and he tried to bring kids back into the frame of the rules uh kids will always step outside the frame sometimes but but if you stop and make this is important we're going to work on this how would how can you do differently so you work with the group and the individual um and he did that and then my son had, a, had another teacher who was more focused on results, on tests, and he, he wanted to had, have rules too, but he didn't follow them. And that was more of a chaos situation. So the learning teaching environment, learning environment was so different from these two kids growing up uh, in certain years. And, but, but, uh, and I use that sometimes as a comparison to what kids really need. They, they need some guidelines, and the more they can buy in on the guidelines, the better it is. Um, so, so I think the basic behaviors should be somehow set the coach together with the, with the team, with the players, and then you work on it. Um, you don't lose your, your path. Like you have to look, go back to what are we supposed to do when it comes to basic behaviors socially, basic behaviors uh, in practice. Are we going to work hard? Is it okay to skate slow in, when we skate? Is it okay to um, 
not look up or whatever we have decided to do. So, so uh, basic behaviors, basic things that we need to, we want to do, and then you can give feedback on them. That, that's what, what I, I'm trying to teach the coaches to do because it's so easy to give feedback on the nice goal, the nice deek you do, or, or that is more skill-based. So what, for me, it, it sounds a lot like, um, especially when we talk about the, the social basic behaviors on, on a team or with, with young athletes, it sounds a lot like this, um, I think this idea of life skills that I think a lot of coaches are familiar with. And, and I, I'm, I'm wondering if you could kind of dive into the, the social basic behaviors a little bit more and kind of tell us a little bit about um, what you see those being and, and which ones are, are the important, um, really one, the important ones to focus on. And then also how, because you just mentioned it, it's difficult. Like, how are you trying to get the coaches to, to kind of move away from that um, hockey specific feedback to more of a, you know, Hey, you need to, you need to be a good citizen um, when you're, when you're in, um, in the future and everything like that. So how are you trying to shift that focus? Yeah. So <clears throat> Well, I've, I've, I'm having, or we're a group of coach mentors that work in Romania, but we, we have coach seminars. And when I recently brought this up on a seminar that, that how to give behavior, how to give behavioral feedback. Um, and it, I, there is a cultural difference. And I think um, the, the teaching or the educational system is still in some countries very, um old school so to speak and and uh, you you're being told what to do and then you do it or not um and this is something we have to get get away from a little bit because um if if you are told what to do uh, for 15 years or 10 years then you when you reach use 14 u16 u18 level and and you're you're used to not uh taking your own uh, you're not used to uh do taking your own decisions not not used to trying to find new solutions someone is always telling you what to do then uh we're going to have very one-dimensional players that is has to listen to the coach. They can't solve situations. Which hockey is very much about uh, solving situations more and faster and faster. And um, so that's the basic. And then of course, um, to to keep players in the system. Um, so those things, I, I think it's important to remember to go back to when you talk to coaches. Why are we here? Why are we here as coaches? Right? Is it to, to win this tournament in two years when they're U13? Or is it to actually uh, make players enjoy this sport so much that they, they will learn something and they will, even if they don't reach a high level of playing, they will come back to the game with their kids. They will come, maybe bring in some sponsors and when they they on their workplace later on or, or they had a good time when they were in hockey. That will that will um, uh, to, to get coaches to understand that I think it's really important. 
that it's a, it's a much bigger picture than just um, letting the best players play uh, twice as much as everybody else just to win a game because that will say to the other guys that hey you're not good enough and and then it comes to yeah to play equally fairly equally amount of minutes in a game uh, to, to play um, um, yeah, to be okay with making mistakes on what is a mistake um, um, because if you're never okay to make mistakes then it's going to be hard to grow it's going to be hard to develop um, to, 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 to get the players to understand that uh, well, if, you, if you try and still miss the try is important uh, maybe not the outcome every day, every time but if you try more than once and you get good feedback on the try then you will try again um, so, so we had a situation and there are cultural differences in countries but if you're in a team if you're in your group for me it's like if one guy is always coming late, we have a we're gonna have a team meeting at four o'clock, and there's one player who comes late every time. He knows the time just as anybody. Else. He knows the, what time it is, but he just comes late. And this sometimes in are different in different countries. The importance of being in time, but if you, it's about respect. And if we talk about respect, I think basic thing like that. How do we teach, how do we show respect for the other guys in the group or the girls? It's by setting rules that, okay, we're going to be in time because everybody else is waiting for one guy. That's not okay. Uh, and uh, this is something that we have to work with the coaches that are you in time? Are you first in place when you are coaching your team? Um, when we have meetings with coaches, are you in time? Because this is a basic, basic thing to show respect and and uh, so it comes down to to yeah social skills like that uh that is important not if you're, you're not if you're doing something on if you're going to go out running on your own it doesn't matter but if you're in a group and you, you talk about respect then first of all be in time be there so so show the other guys respect <laughs> and then how do we talk to each other um uh, I, I had a great journey with the women's national team in Sweden and from being, uh, we were, the team was okay, but we would never beaten Canada or never beaten US, not even close. We and Sweden and Finland were three and four all the time. And we were not even close to, to reaching Canada and US. Uh, but we set goals and we, we did work on it and we worked very much on behaviors with the, with the girls and what do we need to get to do on every practice? How are we supposed to interact in a group? Um, and of course, you, you, can't, you can't love everybody in a group, but you can somehow respect everybody if you learn how, what respect is and you decide in the group what respect is. So those things were really important, and and, uh, um, and it is important for for any group, but but to get somewhere, to to get an understanding and the picture of 
if we talk about hard work, what is it actually for us in this group to talk about these things? And it's important um, to get a, a somewhat, the picture has to be somewhat the same for everybody in, in those different things. What is respect? Uh, and it takes some work to do it. But once, once you get there, once you know that the hard work is, is not back-checking and when you're one meter away from the guy, you stop skating. No, it's all the way. If you can get everybody to understand that, then you have the same view of what is hard work when it comes to back-checking. So, so to get that same, the, the one picture that most players can understand, it's really important. Um, but of course there are some cultural differences and I, I always come back to when, when I hear that yes but I mean the time is the time even in Romania and, and even in Iceland and so, so there's no excuse actually so we sometimes we have to go back and teach coaches and players to this is a basic thing that we need to start doing uh, there are th there are things that I have started out that this is we need this we need to teach them about how to what we're eating and it could be different things but some things you you can't win all the battles at the same time you have to take it one by step step by step and and but I think the basic things like how do we speak to each other how is the being in time. Um, working hard at practice, those are basic things that we, we need to, and I come, I'm, I'm usually coming back to that and in, in, uh, in if coaches ask me, what should I give feedback on? What do you think of my practice? I usually come back to those. Yeah, but what kind of basic behaviors are you, have you decided to look for? Um, uh, because anyone can run drills, anyone can do pretty good drills. And I think almost most drills are can be good it can be not good but it depends on what uh, what kind of feedback do you get as a player when you do the drill so so um, to the coaches find out what is the important uh, basic behaviors when it comes to social skills and work on it bring it up be in the dressing room that's one for, for coaches be in the dressing room because that's where it happens when it comes to bad behaviors from, from kids and players, it's in the dressing room more than on the ice. So listen, listen to what they're saying and guide them on the right way to say things to each other in the dressing room. That's important. Yeah, I think what stands out for me here very much is that the importance of that we as coaches have the responsibility to set the tone for these basic things that, as you mentioned uh, at the beginning of when you started to answer the question that um, I think when we have a meeting and we say we meet at 4 p.m., um, I think then it's very important that we make sure that uh, we coaches are on time because how do we can expect from the others that they are there on 4 p.m. if we uh, are not there on 4 p.m. And then the consequence of this is that um, they think it's okay. Yeah. And then they start coming late consistently. And then we say, why are you late? Well, coach, you were late also last time. So that's why I'm late. So yeah. that's, that's, I think, the most, uh, as I said, that the tone 
the, the, the message you provide to our listeners and to us here is very important that we as coaches that we need to set the tone. And of course, it requires also a lot of um, mental work. But at the end of the day, it's really worth it if you see how players and people are growing in these areas, because these are for some, these are very tough to understand. And um, and the, what, what I also very fascinated about in that area is that we have that now we spoke about the behaviors, but then um, there's, there's, there are the consequences. For example, there can be also positive consequences as you have been mentioning as well. If we give good, if we give positive feedback on that the player has been back checking hard and he has been struggling with it, he might do it again. And the same if a player has been struggling with being on time and we give positive feedback on that, then he, he might do it again on a consistent way. But what can we coaches actually do that is efficient if let's say the players say, we say that one of the things we want to emphasize is working hard and practices and games, but it's not happening. And the same, we say that in the group, when we, for example, when we speak to each other, we listen to each other, but it's not happening. So basically one, that's an example for behavior on the ice and but also off the ice. What are the consequences that we coaches can basically do? Well, I, I usually say that when it comes to bad behaviors, um, if you are on the ice and kids behave bad, um, if they are talking bad to each other and, and uh, using uh, that would, you can always use a penalty. I mean, in hockey, we can say stop, but this is not okay. And, and if you have reached this, the point where you are, have been talking to Co to have been talking to players and been talking to the group about this, this, and this is the way we are talking to each other. And and if you feel angry, that's okay. But you can't yell at the goalie because he let in a goal. It's not it's not always his fault. He will not be more happy if you scream at him. But if they keep doing it, maybe eventually you should, should like decide that now from now on. Uh, if it's bad language or bad uh, talking to each other on the ice, we're going to use penalties because that's hockey. You can't, if you do something wrong, you go and rest for two minutes or five minutes on the bench, then you're welcome back, but we cannot have it on the ice. So I think that's a basic, easy way to do it. And you don't have to get angry. You just use it. Um, so it's it, it, because to say, uh, we have to set. We have to say stop. Put stop to, to bad behaviors. I think, and 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 to use penalties in some way is is um, without being angry. It's like just saying that now you stepped over what we talked about. So please go and go and sit down for two minutes and think about it, and then come back again. I think it be it can be an effective way, uh, especially if you're not angry. You, you really get get feedback. You give feedback on that was not okay when you said this to. The, the goalie because he he's going to feel angry or he's going to be upset he's going to be sad so now you we don't do that so you go and sit for two minutes so so use that and and when it comes to when it comes to other behaviors uh if we say uh you have a drill where skating full speed is is that's a key point for this drill 
place yourself as a coach so you are close to when the player have skated, done the drill. Place yourself so you can give feedback right away when they come back to the line. And they, you can right away say to him, hey, that was great. In this part, for between red and blue, you skated all you got. Perfect. But next time, do it even longer or whatever you want to give feedback on. Because that, that instant feedback is really important, I think, to, to if we can. Now, it's not always possible, but it, especially we have skills um, with younger kids or, or station drills, you can do it. Um, but then everybody, all the coaches that are on the ice, they have to know what are, what are we looking for and then give feedback on that and, and try to give positive feedback as much as possible. So as soon as you see that they're trying to do the right thing, give them positive feedback on that because they will try again. Yeah, I think that's something we have been discussing also a lot also on our show that we want to give immediately feedback on positive behaviors, basically. And also what they just um, consequence you brought up sounds very interesting to me that you really write it down in the rules or whatever guidelines, however you call it in your club, in your team, and you really write it down and you say, hey, if this happening, if this happens more than once, more than twice, then you're going to get a penalty. We are going to be calm. You get the timeout and then you come back. I think that's a very interesting way to do it because then also it's it's sports specific. It's for it's for it's hockey hockey way and the players they understand it maybe a little bit better. So it's a very it's a very interesting example. And I have one more question for you and. Uh, Something what is very interesting to me because um, I'm from Germany. I coach in Finland. My Finnish is very poor. I can barely speak the language. Derek is from the States. He's coaching currently also in Finland and he also can barely speak the language. Where, and we are both coaching together. You are from Sweden and you coach in Romania. And I assume your Hungarian is not, um, is not very good also because it's a very tough language. And What we have been facing also in our team during the season, I think that's for if you as a foreign coach somewhere, if you if you go as a foreign coach somewhere else, um, this is a very can be a very important question because sometimes you don't really understand 100% what they are speaking. For example, if I'm on the ice and they speak Finnish and they could trash talk to each other, but I don't understand it 100% because yeah. I don't 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 know the language that. And if you have been in the same situations, that what would be your advice to coaches that if you are in that situation, what could you do to really like make sure that these positive behaviors we want to emphasize are going to be emphasized, even though they speak Finnish with each other? Yeah. In our case. Yeah, I understand, and it's it's a problem. I usually find I usually find someone that that. Uh, if I coach a team, I usually find someone that is helping me that also speaks good English and speaks the language, because otherwise I'm, you're sometimes lost. And yeah, um, you, you can sometimes hear when you have you been in the country for a while. You know, you, you you know the first thing you learn in a different language is the bad words. So, <laughs> so you you will pick up some of them, but. And hear what when they're saying it, but not always. Uh, so, so that's a. I usually do that. I have someone with me who can uh, translate and understand. And I, I, I want them also to to uh, listen for the behaviors 
um, how are the kids speaking to each other? Because um, are they are they being nice and and are they helping? Are they being supportive to their teammates? Um, so so already from start, I want someone with me on the ice that can can do that. I think it's important. Yeah, I think so too, and I think that's um, one thing that we've um, we've really been lucky with. We have a lot of um, volunteer coaches with us and dad coaches that can speak both English and, and Finnish. And um, yeah. so, you know, kind of to 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 summarize the the conversation today, um, we just have one final question for you. And basically, it's just: Do you have any kind of final thoughts or final piece of advice for for our listeners out there when it comes to? Um, the topic we discussed today, whether it's coach mentoring or kind of these uh, basic behaviors and how we develop them. I, I think coaches uh, sometimes are uh, a little bit afraid to trust, trust their players and trust parents. Trust, they don't have, they're not always right, of course. But uh, if you believe that you know uh you can always say, no, this is not going to be in our team rules because then we're going to end up on over there. But if you trust your players, they will be, most of them will come up with good ideas on, on to, to, to set team rules, to set basic behaviors that you want to work on. Um, and this is a, um, something that you can use and, and you you get the buy-in from the co- uh, from the parents, from the kids, if you do it. Um, and so, so ask them, trust in your players that they know also what is good. Uh, I think that's, and, and also trust your coaches. If you are like a head of more co- many coaches, ask them. They have good ideas. Uh, and some wants to win with you 10 more than others, but if you if you then go back to what are we here for are we here to win with you 10 okay then what kind of price does it have are we willing to pay that price because we are probably if that's really important we have to play with two lines and two lines can't play so are we willing to pay that price um you have to take the discussion Uh, and or if we are looking more at long-term development um, of our kids then how should we work? Um, so, so ask the questions to the coaches. What are we here for? And also the parents. What are we here for? And the kids. And, and the number one answer for from all groups, all three groups, would be, yeah, we, we, we want to have fun. We want to be here because we like the sport and we want to learn something and we want to develop and we want to have fun. Um, and, and those are key points that, that how do we do that? Then? How do we keep as many as possible, uh, as many kids as possible for as long time as possible in the game? Uh, because that's our mission in the long run um, to develop the sport. So, so, so trust, trust the ones you work with because they have good answers. Yeah. Well, great final thought. And, and Peter, thank you very much for, for joining us today and, for sharing your kind of experiences and your your lessons that you've learned throughout your career, we really appreciate you taking the time when you're on your vacation. Now it's uh, I think it's time to get back uh, on the ski trails. No, I'm I'm. Uh, there's always hockey to do, even if I'm on vacation. So.
So one more time, big thanks to Peter for taking the time and joining our show here today. Um, I really enjoyed speaking about his background, about the various cultures he had the opportunity to coach. And, I, and my, my favorite part about the conversation was actually when we had the opportunity to speak with him about the basic behaviors and also how do we emphasize these basic behaviors. And besides, it was very interesting to listen to his thoughts about how do we actually help our athletes to develop positive habits. But before I move into that part, well, before we move into that part uh, of our reflection, I want to mention that the quote Peter mentioned during our episode that the biggest tool as coaches, the, the biggest tool we have as our coaches is ourselves is a very powerful because as coaches, we really need to be mindful about our actions to be able to help our athletes and especially when you work as a coachman, I think that's even more important because you're not only responsible for your own actions and for the for developing the players, you're responsible for developing the coaches and the players. So it's even one thing more. So I think, especially as a coach mentor, it has, again, a totally different meaning. And it really shows that this, this quote and the way how he said it just shows that how much experience Peter has gained in the area of coaching and mentoring. Yeah, and I think um, I, I highlighted that quote as well because it was really interesting to me. You know, you can you can study, you can work, and, and and everything like that for the longest time, but at the end of the day, you still need to you still need to provide that environment, provide that learning, and provide that um, coaching for your athletes and for your other coaches, if your coach mentor such as Peter. So I think that was a, a really interesting quote for me. And you know, where I want to start is just um, kind of how Peter described what he does when he starts at a new club and in a new position. And, and I think it's, it may fly under the radar for, or at least it did for me kind of thing until Peter brought it up. And so it was really interesting how when he gets to a new club, he asks the other coaches, he asks the players and he asks the parents, what is it that we are here for? And then building off of that, you create kind of a mission and a vision statement. And then you ask, how do we teach kids to play hockey and and you you take that teaching from that mission and vision statement and I think that was a really interesting way to look at it because for me it's always just been kind of you know starting with how do we teach kids to play hockey and then but actually having something from the club something from you know the the members of the club not just the coaches not just the administrators but the the players and the parents like having that and building off of it, um, I think is pretty powerful. And it's a definitely a, a good way to create buy-in um, from everybody in your club. And especially because I think the, you know, if we look back at some of our past um, episodes, the answer to that first question, what is it that we are here for might, might be surprising and it might lead to a different way um, to answer that second question. How do we teach kids to play hockey? So it was a, a really interesting way to look at things, I think, in, in my opinion. Yes, I think totally the same way about this approach. It's just so important that when you come to a new club, actually to find out the answer to the question, what are we actually here for? Because I think it provides everyone in the environment with, with guidelines. And what it, mean, what it means to me is actually that everyone knows um, how, we are, how, we, how do we want to work with each other? How do we want to cooperate? And I think at the same time, um, it holds people accountable and it really doesn't matter if it's the if it's someone if it's a new player, a new coach, a new Samboni driver, or someone who is responsible for the administrative work. And I think 
it's also just important that you remind yourself every day what are we actually here for and that you remind yourself together what are we actually here for because maybe someone someone doesn't doesn't have a good day and of course um not every day can be the best day and i think especially at these days it's such so important that if you work in a in a club or in a community that you remind you that you that you remind each other what are we actually here for what is the purpose and what is our aim and i think also that um overall to really write it down as he has been mentioning make makes the whole thing uh, more vivid and uh, that's that's very crucial and i think the other point as i mentioned already in the beginning of the reflection what i really enjoyed is that um really developing basic behaviors um, in athletes and really helping them to develop positive habits because i think peter mentioned it very well that it's so crucial that we could actually give feedback on how people behave and i think also another great example from peter is was actually that um that we very often we well every team has skilled players and every very often when when the when a skilled player a skilled player maybe makes a goal we celebrate uh the skilled behavior but uh, we don't celebrate his his overall we I, i sorry i mean we celebrate the skilled goal but we don't celebrate his behavior or we don't give the player feedback on his or her behavior yeah i think that was a, an interesting example from peter there and i i agree i think that 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 kind of um that giving the feedback based on the behavior it can kind of stem from that overall mission vision statement and that was my next piece as well and you know i like the way that that he framed it um kind of the way that you promote good behaviors is is you have kind of a list of them that you're focused on with your team right and that's not something that that you go to the team with and say hey here's a list of good behaviors we want to develop this year no it's you you meet with the team you meet with the players and you 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 create them together and i think that's something we've learned um in school and on the podcast is just that you know when you're setting something like team rules or team behaviors or team values or anything like that it it can't just be from you you have to allow the players to to have some say to be able to to work with you to create those because that overall just creates more buy in and and it creates more motivation um for them to to kind of follow those and achieve those and i think that um the way that um you can kind of give behavioral based feedback that peter was mentioning is is kind of uh it was interesting for sure and 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 it, it it makes sense because he was talking a lot about how the coaches set the example right and i think um something we've talked a lot about in in our in our in, at least in my classes um you know being late you know are you setting a good example as as the coach if you're being late to something if you show up 10 minutes after you were supposed to be there or anything like that if one of your if one of your behaviors that you want is to you know be respectful and everything like that is that actually being respectful so it's it's interesting because um he also mentioned that anyone can run drills and then i think that's pretty obvious anyone can take a piece of paper and and run kids through them but the the actual piece of it that you need is to be able to give um good feedback to the players based on how they're acting in the drill how they are behaving and and if they're working hard if they're um working with each other if they're kind of just going through the motions and everything like that so being able to kind of break it down into that behavior feedback that that Peter was mentioning is is the the important piece there and i think um the only other piece behind the behaviors there that i think 
um, I think can be kind of taken a step forward. And, and, and at least my coaching is kind of this, this being able to kind of work with the, the social behaviors, or I think more of the um, kind of the mental kind of skills kind of thing. So being able to be okay with making mistakes, being able to solve problems and kind of being able to be a part of a group. Um, I think those are, those are things that don't get focused on so much um, in feedback. Uh, and that can be kind of kind of stepped up and, and highlighted more um, in our feedback. I think also there was a really good example by Peter mentioning about that actually when we when we run the drills that it's it's so important that we actually emphasize the behaviors in the drill also how do we actually on what are we giving feedback on um, of course um, my my actually my one of my favorite examples here is that um, and in every every drill more or less should be in my opinion should be incorporated goal scoring but um, at the end of the day if your if your objective of the activity of the session is something else maybe rushes passing i don't know then we should maybe not give feedback on the goal scoring and then we should also not um praise the goal scoring because at the end uh, because that's not the purpose of the objective uh, that's not the purpose of the activity of the training the purposes uh, is there maybe to teach them How do they rush? Um, how do they pass the puck? How do they pass the puck in a neutral zone or whatever? There are so many different things what, what come into the hockey or how do, they, how do they get the puck out of their own zone? How do they play in the offensive zone? There are so many different things. And the last piece um, I want to mention, what I found very interesting about that, because this is, this is, this is very tough um, for me at least. And I can imagine that other coaches could feel the same way that um, because um, at the end of the day everything what you do there it's it's is connected with consequences these can be positive and negative consequences as we also have been highlighting in the in the episode but especially that um how do we help athletes to understand that uh when they do not display the behaviors we we agreed on how do we help them to understand that the behavior they just did or the behavior the way they just behaved is not appropriate and I think the method Peter mentioned was really really good for hockey that you really just tell them very calm you're not angry or anything if a player for example you say okay no shooting pucks after whistle and the same player shooting three, three times the pucks after whistle then you go to him and say very calm very um, not angry you don't scream at him or her not at all you just tell the player that okay now You take a penalty, you go two minutes to the box, you think about it, and after the two minutes you come back, and then we continue to practice. I think this is just a, the way how he described it, and I think this is just an important tool we still need to use sometimes, but of course it needs to be appropriate, and at the end of the day with, the, with that tool, we also need to be fair, um, or we, all, we, we definitely need to be fair with that tool as well. Yeah, I really like that, that method of um, penalties for, for more than just, you know, physical plays that you do, you know, tripping and hooking and things like that, expanding that to, to kind of the team rules. And I think that um, that makes it, it just adds another level to it, I think. So I think the, the final piece for me is just Peter's final message to our listeners is just to, to not be afraid to trust 
your players trust your parents and trust your your coaches that you have on your in your club. And I think that's a a really important final message because I think it's really easy for coaches to to kind of take it upon themselves and, and to to make the decisions on themselves and everything like that. But you know, remember to to remembering to trust your players, trust your other coaches and trust the the parents on your team. It it can be really beneficial. Um, because they can have really good ideas, really good insights, and, and overall it just creates more buy-in if they're allowed into the process. So I think that was the, the final piece for me, um, and I think that's a, a good place to wrap it up for today's episode. So thank you, everybody, for listening um, to our conversation with Peter Boleyn. Uh, check out our show on social media to keep up to date with updates and everything like that. Um, we are at The Coaches Road on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we will see everyone next week for another episode. Thanks. Thanks.